Hi, everyone, and welcome to a new podcast, Shades of Black. I am your co-host, Negalan, the founder of Consciously Black, a community platform where I gather Black individuals in Canada to discuss their Black experiences and revive Black pride. And I'm Miriam, a registered psychotherapist and founder of Thoughtful Therapist, a mental health platform aimed to empower marginalized communities. And together, we have created Shades of Black a bi-weekly podcast emerging from both our studies where we shed light on the different experiences encountered within our Black communities and the mental health aspects that exist within those experiences. Join our new community space where we discuss our challenges, our successes, our joy, our pain, and our Blackness. Follow us on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all other platforms to tune in into our bi-weekly episodes. We cannot wait to converse with you. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Shades of Black. I am your co-host, Negalan. And I am Miriam. And today we will be having a little different conversation today. So we have two special guests with us. And we have Aurore and we have Anisia. And we'll both be, uh, they'll both be giving us a different perspective on the nursing field, but one coming from a South African perspective and one coming from a Canadian perspective. So Oral will be speaking on the South African perspective mm-hmm. and Anisia from the Canadian perspective. Um, I think our intention today is kind of just see what our, what the healthcare system looks like for us, um, being black women working in the system and um, drawing some similarities and differences from these two perspectives, seeing some similar um, colonial history having there and its impacts on uh, the healthcare system. So let's dive in. Yeah. Aurore or Anisia, I don't know who wants to start <laughs> to introduce themselves. I'll start. Hi, I'm Anisia. I'm Haitian. I'm half Haitian, half Nigerian. I'm <laughs> a registered nurse. So, and so I've been a nurse for 14 years. Um, I'm a mom. And yeah. Okay, that's me. Um, my name is Aurora. And um, I am from Rwanda, but I grew up in South Africa. So I would say I know a lot more about South Africa. And I'm currently a um, nursing student at Algonquin College. I'm doing practical nursing. Um, and I was also a nursing student in South Africa. So unfortunately, I never graduated. Um, I was close to graduating, but I never graduated. Um, but as a nursing student, you work in the different hospitals and clinics and you get some exposure. So I guess I'll be speaking from that perspective today. That's yeah. good. That's mm-hmm. nice. Thank you. Okay. So then I guess we can start with seeing uh, how you guys got started on your yeah. nursing journey, what got you there, what got you started, motivation and all that fun stuff. So, Alicia, you know. Yeah, well, <laughs> that takes me way back. <laughs> um, yeah, nursing wasn't exactly my first choice. Yeah. Um, it was, I really wanted to do medicine, anything in the medicine field, you know, as growing up Haitian, education and medicine were, you know, the top thing to do. Mm-hmm. Didn't really have a choice. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, my mom really wanted me to do nursing. And in my three choices for university, I just, I didn't know what to do for my third choice. So I went with nursing. And of course, I was accepted in all three. And I don't know, I fear came in and I decided to go with nursing. (laughs) 
So what was the other three options? I believe I did health sciences and physiotherapy. Okay, nice. still within health. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I really wanted to be in medicine. Okay. I did want, I was hoping at the time to be able to go to medical school. Okay. Okay. So what stopped you? Just curious. Fear. <laughs> okay. Okay. Fear. Yeah. Um, yeah. The fear was real, right? Like, um, you know, hearing my parents talk and seeing what's going on in the world, right? Like, you know, nursing was really a safe bet, right? Mm-hmm. And it was, you graduate, you get a job. Yeah. And it wasn't, oh, you have to wait if somebody likes you or they don't like you, you won't get promoted, you, the other yeah. person... You know, and it was, you know, I had to pay for my my college degree. So it was, I don't want to work and have to pay all these debts or whatnot. And, mm-hmm. oh, I graduate. Okay, I have a degree in arts and uh, this is great. What am I going to do now? Right? Yeah. I can't feed myself. I can't help my family. So, yeah, it was definitely a tough choice, but. How has it been so far? Have you enjoyed it? Like, oh, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. There's always it's ups, ups and downs, right? Mm-hmm. But no, I definitely don't regret nursing. It definitely opens up so, lots of doors, right? So that's really, that's mm-hmm. always good. Um, yeah. And which like departments have you worked in? I've done a few. Like I've started off in like labor and delivery. I did um, mental health. I worked in ICU. Okay, good. Uh, I worked in long-term care. Okay. Yeah. That could be another conversation. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. What about you? Okay. Right. So, um, again, my one was not nursing first. My first choice was law at school. Uh, so I actually wanted to do law, and nursing was my second option. So I was so sure I was going to get in for law that um, I didn't really know that much about nursing. I just thought, okay, I'm not going to. Um, I'm not going to go so deep into it, but I know my parents also wanted me to get into nursing um, just because, um, first of all, it's important to have that knowledge to help yourself in any situation. And at the same time, you're definitely going to find a job. It's definitely going to protect you. And also in South Africa, it's very difficult to find a job. So, you know, you're going to do a job that, you know, you're going to study something that you're going to get a job in. So I was... Um, prompted to make that my second choice Um, but it felt like I hated it just didn't know much about it Uh, so I uh, didn't get in for law so I was able to get in for nursing instead Uh, and so that's how I ended up doing nursing Um, I ended up loving loving it to some extent uh, during the time I was studying it but generally that's how I got introduced to nursing so it was another option of mine and got introduced in it and just decided to continue afterwards because you never stop being a nurse, even if you stop studying it, because mm. you know stuff. Mm. So it's, true. Un- it's, true. That stuff. it's true. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. Why do you why do you think nursing or anything related to um, health is so important within the black community? Especially I guess for black women specifically, because you do see us being more predominantly um, within those spaces. Yeah. So yeah. That's a good question. Um, yeah, it has a lot to do with education, first of all. They just, you know, if anything in the medical field, they assume that you're very well educated and that you know, yeah. you know what you're talking about and it's considered respectable and 
you know, helpful and you know it's something important it's, yeah it's um it's a value right yeah. so it's very important for in our culture all those things right respect value honor right it's so i guess like medicine is at the top there yeah yeah it's, it's at the top okay um and and of course money yeah right so and in canada being an immigrant of any from any country it's it's a guaranteed way to make money right yeah so where you can't where there is less discrimination mm-hmm. towards you directly right? okay less quote-unquote less yes quote-unquote less yeah right because nurses nursing is a regulated profession so one of the things that is going to make a little bit less discrimination is that you're on a payroll so you know your co-workers making the same amount as you right like it's at least you're hoping no no you're (laughs) not this is not you know you can't you can't be doing the same job and this one's making in lots of other corporate jobs you know it's not rare that your co-worker who's doing the same job as you is getting paid more more right and you don't have to fight for your salary every year mm-hmm. right like i need a pay increase you're on a payroll so you know whatever every year until that scale is finished financially you go up you don't have to make your case or prove your value every time right whenever you're working a pri- with a private company or any other corporate job so right it's it's always every year you know you have to show them prove that you're a value right so interesting okay i think so i guess it would be security and the value that it brings especially being an immigrant person mm-hmm. uh coming into canada and yeah. knowing that you already you're you're already going to face so many challenges so you might as well just secure yeah. something that's going to show people that you're a value that yeah. you can contribute cuz automatically people will just kind of see you as black and maybe see you as less than exactly yeah okay so the security is definitely like pr- the priority right yeah. like yeah you will eat. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you will get a job yeah. somewhere. Yeah. You might not like it. You might not want it, but yeah. you will have a job. That's true. And thinking about security too, like a lot of us leave our countries for lack of security. So you want to make sure that you're not going to have to face the same issues coming into a new country. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is. I, I think that I, I totally agree with your point. And, but the other aspect too, it's not that we have much choice. Growing up in Canada, we can say we have the choice to choose the field that we want, but especially when you have, when you're a first generation or second generation, like you mentioned, we don't have the same privilege of having a, a bachelor of art, like you mentioned, and then trying to find a job and trying to find stability because eventually when you graduate, you do understand depending of the setting of your family, um, depending of if your parents do speak the language, the background, um, you understand that you have to take care of your of your parents and yes. stuff. Yes. So I think that the baggage of cultural 
either your second generation events first or second generation I, I, I feel like they have the same understanding of they have to take care of the few like the parents the grandparents like there's a lot uh burden um, on their shoulder and stuff mm-hmm. and on the other stuff and the other thing i was thinking is when we think about it black women in israel has always been caretakers yeah. um i think that's something that we do with pride and we do so well I don't see any other community, um, ethnic group that takes so much pride at taking care of their own, but also taking care of others. Mm-hmm. And, and I do it in such a respectful way. Mm-hmm. And also when we think about that, it's once again, because they didn't have the choice. Mm-hmm. It's, it, that was just what society thought they were able to do. And they put them in this little basket. So even when I think about Haiti too, um, or any immigrant country, matter of fact, but I, I can only talk on behalf of Haitian because I, um, Haitian. But women in Haiti, what's your career path going to be? Because you can choose to become a lawyer, you can choose to have, you can have other aspiration in life, but unfortunately, most of the field is a men field. And in order, when you're entering those sectors, sector, you kind of have like men always in control and they're always going to reduce you to your sex, your gender. And nursing is the only thing that is the only field that's secure for a woman. And you don't have to compete. You don't have to show that you are capable. Like you're gen, like. They're automatically respected. Yeah. So. Anyways, that's, uh, we're gonna go to, <laughs> no, <laughs> but that's go, a good point. But though. yeah, I just, yeah. I really feel that anything related to health, we don't have the choice. And it's all to come down to your point is we have to provide regardless of if we like it, regardless of not, like, you just gotta provide. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Honestly, I don't have that much to add. You guys really literally yeah. said everything. Um, especially because, again, my reason for, going to nursing is because of my parents pushing me because they kind of saw that as this is um, an important pathway to lead because you're not just going to do it for you. You're going to be able to support everybody to yeah. some extent, whether it's in health or even like just general advice because you cannot always um, trust what some doctors are telling you because you don't know whether they are going to be looking at your problem for real or if they're kind of just disregarding you. You know, yeah. so you need someone who you can also go for to for advice as well. And there's also the universality of nursing where you can go anywhere in the world. You can find a job. Yeah. Of course, it's different. They might not give you the same title that you got in a different country, but you know you're going to not starve. Yeah. You know, and that is extremely important. Mm-hmm. That's why, you know, many of us, I think, as black women, we go into nursing. Yeah. Like you guys all said, it's about respect as well. Nobody will be like, oh, you're a nurse and you're a doctor. That's, I mean, a nurse and a um, black, that's not a big problem. But if you're a doctor, they're kind of like, oh, okay, that's really good. But how did you get the money? Or, you know, where did you, where did you get the funds? If, mm-hmm. Unless you come yeah. from a rich person or something. Yeah. But again, I'm not. I don't know, but I know that it's there. Yeah. You know, there is that difference in healthcare as well. You see that, um, especially like in South Africa where uh, jobs are scarce. It's very difficult to find work. Even in the nursing field, um, you find that a lot of people 
um, struggle to find a good nursing position because yeah. you often reduce to like very the basic primary healthcare positions. Mm-hmm. You know, um, to get further than that, you have more responsibility, more money often is offered, so it's a bit more scarce, but still, it's still needed, right? Because um, oftentimes you see people leaving a lot, and so they need to replace that as well. Um, that's why you get a lot of like um, people who are overstaffed, and also. To some extent, um, I think that uh, oftentimes you often, sorry, my mind is, it's okay. <laughs> it's so um, you find that you have to prove yourself wherever you are, but mm-hmm. with nursing, you, you know these specific things. It's not always abstract. You know, you know the fact, you know exactly what care you're going to give. So mm-hmm. even if they question it, you can prove that, listen, this is why I did this, this is why I did that. They you know, won't be able to just get you like that. Okay. So for black women, I think, um, yeah, it's a very good thing. That is some heavy load to carry. (laughs) (laughs) And it's true. Like, we have to provide for families, Mm -hmm. for every, like, everything is on the black woman. Yes. Everything. And, oh, that is tough. (laughs) It is. I'm wondering, though, like, do black women really want to be in this field, though? I mean, I know many people. <laughs> I know many because that's, that's a question. Yeah, that's actually, a question. Yeah, I know many people that have because again, you're thinking about thinking about people who are maybe coming from like um, impoverished places mm-hmm. or poverty, and they see the community and they know that they can do more for the community, but there's no access to this community or the access or the the support that this community must get is not available for them. Mm -hmm. And they don't have any people in the community to help bring them up. So they're going to do nursing to come and bring it home and kind of uh, educate people and help them because um, knowledge is expensive as well. Not Mm -hmm. everyone has access to that. So Uh, it's important for somebody who is knowledgeable to go and teach their own people that because yeah. they can be sustainable on their own mm-hmm. you know what like like oftentimes in south africa not everyone can afford medication like that obviously you have over the counter medication but then oftentimes we also focus on a lot of home remedies because some people stay very far away from the hospital like if you stay in the village or in very like rural areas kind of like far away from actual hospitals and stuff um it's difficult to bring your child in to the hospital today or tomorrow Okay, especially if you're also working, you don't have time to take off. So mm-hmm. you have to be able to find home remedies to give to them and to be able to look after the child until you're able to be in the hospital or to maybe help them get better. Mm-hmm. So you need that knowledge as well. And people coming from that background, I know they're doing it for passion. I work mm-hmm. a lot with a lot of those people and I realize that maybe I'm coming from a place of privilege because I don't think that far, right? Mm-hmm. I don't think that our, my knowledge is also going to be someone else's knowledge tomorrow and they'll be able to use it and be okay, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but then at the same time, because the because nursing is a very difficult profession, they mm-hmm. put a lot of pressure on you, and oftentimes you get the blame for a lot of things, yeah. right? If um, maybe medication has arrived on time, or if there has been a shortage in um, staff members and the uh, needs are not being served, it's gonna be a problem. Because again, I was saying, I'm speaking from a nursing perspective, um, as a nursing student, but uh, I did nursing for five years because I did a foundation course and then the actual degree is four years, but I did an extra year because it wasn't my first and I didn't do amazing in mathematics. So I did <laughs> straight into the course. So just like a foundation phase. So we did four, five years instead of four years, right? Mm-hmm. So um, that time you work in the hospital. So 
after three months, we started working in the hospital and you working with people. Obviously, you have the registered nurses and the practical and the, they say practical nurses here, but in South Africa, we call them staff nurses. Mm-hmm. So they are there and also the enrolled nursing, um, no, sorry, <laughs> enrolled nursing assistants, which are kind of PSWs here, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, personal support workers. So you have that. But again, there's only like maybe you'll have one registered nurse and like two practical nurses and then um, maybe three PSWs, right? And then you as a student will be like an enrolled nurse assistant, like a PSW, right? Mm-hmm. But you're a student, so you actively work with people. You have to wash them. You have to, you do everything, right? And then you go to school and you learn about it, but you're working as a nurse. So mm-hmm. the person who's coming to a hospital doesn't know that you're a student. You know, because there's designations because based on uniform, but they don't know. So you are going to have to provide the service and you get blamed just as much as anybody else. Mm-hmm. And if you make a mistake, if you didn't follow your rules and um, did something out of your scope of practice, like out of your what yeah. you know, then obviously you're going to be blamed for something because you put someone's life at risk mm-hmm. because you're getting people's mm-hmm. lives here. So um, you know, you get to know a lot of these things. So I know I wasn't working as a licensed nurse, but I got a lot of that experience. And so that's why I'm just like, nursing is as amazing as it is not amazing. <laughs> so, yeah. 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 Would you say the same thing for like um, nursing students from the Canadian perspective? Like how big is the load? Because she was a full-time nurse. I would, say, no, I would say the nursing <laughs> students here are pretty well supported. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. They don't let you off on your own too much. Yeah. yeah. True. 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 And um, I think it's also because of the amount of people that need access, uh, they need help and have access to healthcare. Because mm-hmm. um, South Africa, obviously, the population is bigger. Yeah. Right? And I was studying in Cape Town. So, obviously, the population was quite high in the city. Mm-hmm. And there's only so many people you can help in a day. And there are so many people. And, you know, having a, a student nurse, even when they're inexperienced, you can help them get there. But oftentimes, any hands that you can get, uh-huh. yeah, you're it use works. Them, yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, and you learn very fast, very fast. Like, mm-hmm. um, when I started, because now I'm um, studying here as a practical nursing student, um, mm-hmm. but it's only my like second semester, I don't know much, just working in long term care. And, I was surprised by how actually little the nursing students do. And it makes sense because you're being properly watched and there's not that many people always, always. But like yeah. in South Africa, if you're in a hospital, sometimes it can get up to maybe 40 um, people in one unit, you know, because there's just so many people that need help. And there's like six nurses, you know, yeah. it's sure stopped. So if you have an extra nursing student that obviously within a certain scope of practice, you can help, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. So they put you to work. Yeah. yeah. They put you to work. Mm-hmm. You, you're going to wash somebody. You're going to do the basic, yeah. you know, helping them eat those small things, you know? Um, so. Like it's basic needs, I guess, too. Basic like needs, yeah. But need. basic needs can also be complicated if yeah. someone has, like, yeah. more serious illnesses. If they damage them, like, you know, broken bones or anything, yeah. they have to have the technique. But still basic. Yeah. So. So I guess question for you regarding South Africa, just to give people like whoever watching a bit more perspective of um, how it is a health system in South Africa. I know you already went to in detail, but for 
for for viewers that doesn't know, I mean, I'm sure everybody knows where South Africa <laughs> is. I'm hoping. But, <laughs> yeah, but a lot of people doesn't know necessarily the where where does South Africa falls into if it's considered as developed, um, a third world. They don't know where South Africa falls. South Africa is considered, <clears throat> excuse me, South Africa is considered a developing country, right? So not really third world country, but not first world at all. So um, <clears throat> yeah, I would say it has a little bit more resources than some other African countries um, in terms of maybe some infrastructure, like medical infrastructure, like more hospitals, a little bit more clinics, and more specialized equipment, you know, for certain things. Um, so I would say it's a developing country. Um, but having said that, though, it depends on where you are situated in South Africa because, of course, you won't find a hospital everywhere, right? In the big cities, you will find a lot of hospitals, a lot of clinics, and a lot of resources. Yeah. And even then, there's obviously a short, um, short number of staff that is available because, of course, um, there's only so many people that can be qualified at mm -hmm. the time, you know? Um, and then you get, obviously, more... Um, rural areas where it's a lot more space but there's a lot less um clinics and hospitals like the closest hospitals maybe two three hours away you know um and so that's where you can maybe see um some of the clinics and hospitals suffering from uh, resource shortages mm -hmm. because they just don't have that same um, um access to the main city and the main delivery lines i cannot say that i'm an expert in that because i never really worked outside of the city yeah i never studied outside of the city um but we do know that being a student in the city you know you had more access to more resources and i was also studying cape town in cape town i would say that it has a lot more resources mm -hmm. so more of a like a little bit i wouldn't say wealthier province but it has more hot wealthier benefactors mm -hmm. so um I think that the, the resources are more accessible, um, especially if you compare to some out areas. Because again, South Africa, there's a large uh, population of people that are in poverty and they mm -hmm. don't have that much access. And even um, they don't have much access to healthcare. And at the same time, even the places they are staying are not that developed, right? They're still being developed. But they are also places where the government. <laughs> has you know um kind of neglected to push people forward and so um there's not a lot of setup for healthcare and stuff like that uh so in those particular clinics and hospitals there's a lot less resources and so you will see a lot more um staff shortages and also resource shortages like maybe vaccinations for children and also maybe like equipment like you know uh we call them linen savers but the um, blue sheets you put on the bed oh the piquet like the, blue pads, like <laughs> the, the one that prevents someone from dirtying the bed yeah, yeah. forgot the name what do they call so it in english though. maybe because of i know in french i don't know the word but it's, it's okay but uh yeah that's pretty much how it is uh you see that um when you come also to South Africa from other places, you'll see that they have a little bit more um, free um, resources, such mm -hmm. as condoms. Like some places outside of South Africa, some countries, they don't have condoms readily available for people to take. But um, a lot of South Africans, no, so a lot of South African um, 
um, medical system, sorry, mm-hmm. the healthcare kind of focused on prevention, right? Because there's okay. a huge um, HIV pandemic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's as bad as it is. It definitely has come down over the years, mm-hmm. but of course they focus on prevention. So free condoms, you'll find them in the clinics mm-hmm. or in um, SOS or in hospital. Um, and some places you don't have access to that. And also if you're having some serious illnesses like HIV, Mm-hmm. Oftentimes, you find that that medication, like ARVs, antiretroviral medication, is given for free. But it also depends on your social background because some people can afford to pay, so they will go to private healthcare. Mm-hmm. So you can pay for private healthcare, and you know you can get that, or you can go through the government system where you get medication from the government. Um, and obviously, if you're very poor, you cannot pay, so they will give it to you for free. I don't really remember how they um, determine that because oftentimes if you go to the clinic, it's usually free, you know, as long as you have the permit and uh, you're a South African citizen, you know, um, to be in South Africa, you have access to it. So that is very similar to what we have also in Canada, um, which is, I feel like a lot of people probably didn't know about that about South Africa. So thank you for taking the time to... Elaborate no on, on on that. I was I, sorry. sorry. <laughs> I was gonna go for Alicia. Yeah. I was gonna say like, do you see like any similarities or differences from what she just explained within our system as well here? Like working in it. Like she mentioned being short staffed. Like we all know. I think we're we all, all know that exists here. Yeah, here. Yeah, so we're definitely short staffed here too. They're hiring. Definitely. <laughs> um, yeah, healthcare is also an issue here. Definitely, yeah. it's a work in progress, especially with the whole pandemic. So. Yeah. What about with like um like you prevention? Know what our wait times are in Emerge. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Um. There is some prevention work being done. I'm not too familiar with it. I'm mm-hmm. more on the other side of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Once you're already sick. Yeah, that's true. Um, but yeah. I'm not generalizing anything, but I don't think that Canada has a preventive. Um, system and mentality of things. Not as much as they would like it to be, or yeah. they think that it's in- implemented. Yeah, because I feel like, I don't know, the fact that I also work in the government, I do see how, especially with COVID, like the lockdown started in March 2020, but it should have started way before. If you work in public health, you kind of already heard of it before yeah it's true. there was already case showing up here and there but there wasn't that preventive side maybe it's because they just think that oh like mm-hmm. Canada will never go through a pandemic mm-hmm. i don't know they're just <laughs> not us yeah not <laughs> us that could never be us like we're yeah and and i think that because of that they just don't have that preventive mindset or they yeah. think they just have all the resource in the world yeah. to when it comes they can block it and deal with it you know deal yeah. with it but covid taught them differently yeah. but here we are two years after and still talk about covid yeah. so yeah. but like even like with me like being in the mental health field like i've seen the same thing where like even when i was doing my internships and like i had youth that i had to to refer to emergencies like they were in crisis but you would yeah. send them to the hospital and nothing was really being done or they would bring them back well I feel like they wait until it's a it's a case where it's obvious crisis, yeah, and then they'll admit them instead of taking the time to actually like assess where the patient is or where the state that they're in and see what they can do now 
to support them for later yeah exactly you know so i feel like i don't know even like when we talked earlier Mm. we talked about like there being different steps to the healthcare system Mm. like i don't know if you want to oh like when you're coming to yeah or something Yeah. yeah yeah um I guess it's also different because in South Africa there's a lot more. Um, I, I don't. I won't say a lot more. I don't know the statistics of Canada, but I know there's a lot of people who have uh, diabetes, hypertension is also a big problem, mm-hmm. um, and you know, of course, um, there's more cases of people who have HIV and tuberculosis, also very common. So um, there's obviously a huge push for pre- prevention, just because there's already so much work that they have to do already mm-hmm. for the people that have it. Um, so like a day in the clinic, right? If you're coming to a clinic, at least the clinics I was at mm-hmm. in Cape Town, um, mm-hmm. what would happen is you go there, you obviously you go to the receptionist desks, you open up a folder and they give you an appointment. But oftentimes if you're really sick, sometimes they'll give you the day off. Um, usually you can get it the day off and sometimes you can't they ask you to come back for another day for another appointment there's usually a period of time but i don't know now it's been a few years since i've been in south africa but usually you know you go to the reception you open a folder you uh, get an appointment so if you're having an appointment on the day they will send you to the preparation room in the preparation room you often find like um an, an ena which is a normal assistant which is like psw and um oftentimes and also a practical nurse right so they will do the blood pressure they'll check your blood pressure and your pulse and then in another room or sometimes the same room if there's too many people they will also check your um your urine right they'll do a urine dipstick for you so um they put all those results there and then you go to another room where there's a practical nurse um and then they will check your hb which is the number of uh, red blood cells in your body in your blood at the time and also your glucose levels and then they'll write that on the paper and then they will either go see a nurse or a doctor depending on how severe it is you know uh say for instance you come in for a cough have a headache so sometimes you'll see a registered nurse they will do uh, an assessment for you and if it's not too bad if they see that okay this is not so serious they could give you off with counter medication like you can make a nursing diagnosis you know, like um, maybe constipation or di- a diary or something. You know, they'll give you the communication and they'll send you home. Um, or if it's too bad and the nurse assess that it's actually difficult or a very serious illness, they will send you to the doctor's office, which is usually like next to it, right? And that will happen at the clinic. Um, so that's how it works. Usually, you know, you by the time you see the doctor or the nurse, you, you kind of have all of these baseline, you know, um, um, assessments done for you, mm-hmm. which is good. Like that's proper client care. Yeah, so that's how you start. Yeah, you know, when I went to the apple tree. <laughs> apple oh. tree, oh my yeah. god! They put I you was, in a room for like a hour straight. Yeah, and they ask you what's wrong. <laughs> the guy wrong. comes. Yeah. Push, push, <laughs> lay there. Do the yeah. chest and oh, you're yeah, you're gone. done. Yeah. I was surprised because I said, "Wow." This is a first world country. <laughs> Maybe it's different. Maybe it's because of the system that I don't understand. Yeah. Um, I just know that that's usually what we do at, in South Africa because yeah. of those reasons, right? Because you never know who's going to walk in and what they have, you know? Um, but yeah, that's... It's, it's crazy because I... When you think about what the world labeled third world um, yeah. are, the real, <laughs> they do have extremely great doctors it's like 
maybe it's maybe it's there's obviously low staff because education costs money but once again like when you find when you when you're in front of a doctor over there Mm -hmm. the care that you have Mm -hmm. it's on you don't you can't compare this to canada it's like a holistic care and it's like it looks at the whole person and like it takes the time to actually assess rather than like okay well you're just a member you're just coming in here's their scans okay well this says no so then they're real doctors they're exactly they'll be like oh you need a cardiologist for that i'm not a card i'm a neurologist yeah oh well you need to go see um the neurologist for that yeah i I, i'm cardiologist right like they don't take the human as a whole picture right it's just parts here parts here yeah they don't have like general like general oh they definitely do but they'll refer you they'll refer you yeah Yeah. right and i don't get that you you know how cuba is um cuba education is free everything their system is like everything you want to study is free and even to become a doctor and but unfortunately doctors over there due to um being a communist um country doesn't get paid as much so you get paid more to be anything related to tourism to work in resort because this is where you get tips and stuff but the doctors over there I, I forgot which article i was reading but a lot of time when other countries need help they do mm-hmm. ask cuba doctors for help even with covid when covid was started that yeah. they just yeah. for for a for and and people and doctors in cuba doesn't make it for money because they can't get the money mm-hmm. yeah they're not gonna become millionaire and rich yeah, so it's just they do it because they they're, f- passionate they're passionate about it and stuff, and and can and I feel like the culture in Canada and the first world this it's all about money. It's capitalism. You just everything is around money, and which is is it ethic? I don't know, yep, but most likely not. But we've made for, anyways. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there was a time I know a lot of people that have been sick for a while. Like even me, like yeah. when I was a kid, I got sick for a long period of time. And every time I used to go to family doctor, family doctor is a whole different oh. thing. Yeah. I, I understand they're not nurses, and I understand we're not talking about doctors, but just talk about the healthcare, like family doctors. I this is this needs to be a whole another episode. podcast, another episode because I was sick, and every week I was me and my mom we had to go back and they couldn't find what i have finally when my mom is just like oh we're going to like the hospital at this point because you can't figure out what's wrong with my daughter and randomly he was like oh it was a bacteria and (laughs) at this point i'm like no you just wanted us to come you just wanted to like Mm -hmm. swipe my health card even though it's for free but like Mm -hmm. we still pay for it somehow and i don't know i just think that the entire time some people could if if my infection was got to a point it got really bad i yeah. could lead i could have died from this yeah. situation yeah. but yeah. they never took me seriously yeah. i was telling them how much pain i was yeah. and they just oh i'm yeah. just gonna give you that veil and i'm like yeah. no sir i mean way much yeah. 
pained and that. And that that's very common for us in our communities especially like i can say Black the same thing pain is not taken seriously at all yeah at all yeah, at all no um no yeah, that's even across the world in south africa because again um as great as you know when coming to the clinic they do all of these background checks there's still some problems in healthcare in, in south africa and in most places because you know sometimes you, you cannot get to everybody and sometimes you're you undermine the person that's coming to you you know either because you're there um, as a check because if you go to the private healthcare sector in south africa obviously you have to pay to be helped so they won't care about you and unlike maybe at the hospital where there's so many people who are sick they just going to see the ones that are the most sick mm -hmm. and then the other people get left behind mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm. um and that's why like it's crazy like it's so sad when you don't consider the pain of somebody but at the same time when there's so many people who need help and there's yeah. only so much one <laughs> person can yeah. do you're kind yeah. of stuck here you know but then i, I think like that goes back into the prevention and starting very very early on from like high school education maybe even elementary education where people need to learn more about their bodies and how it functions and not mm -hmm. your little anatomy of je sais pas quoi you know what i mean like and i feel like pe like we're not taught enough about our bodies until we're in a classroom that we have to take for like biology or mm -hmm. something like that you know what i mean so yeah. i don't know if it, it really just has to start early on it has to be a yeah. whole curriculum change from the from is it yeah, bottom you mentioned to a lot about clinics in yeah. south africa i find that that's something that we don't have very much here yeah, like lots of accessible clinics yeah, that yeah. you can just walk into yeah. and you know for non-major mm -hmm. issues right yeah, yeah i was surprised um, you know, we have big hospitals with everything, mm. but we don't have those little clinics that you can just, other than I feel like, apple tree. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say, like, we have those apple clinics, but they're one. not, like, they're not useful. Or you go mm. to, like, Orleans Urgent Care, the line is, like, super it's, long. But they're used, you know? our clinics are used more as a small urgent care, which yeah. they should be used, like you said, mm. more as a preventative. Mm -hmm. Oh, you have diabetes. Diabetes is something that can yeah. be handled in the community where you don't necessarily need a hospital for okay. that you know like yeah. if you have high blood pressure you know like certain things that can be taken care of within the community and not necessarily yeah. you don't need to go to emerge because you have you know for mm -hmm. you know yeah. so yeah some these first world countries need to go and learn more from developing and third world countries because yeah, it's actually I was not working to learn about that so little yeah. walking clinics um, yeah. here i assume that they would be like in south africa but i was, we'll the next. I was surprised you guys don't even have day hospitals i didn't know what oh, day yeah. hospital i didn't know yeah. that you didn't know what a day hospital well we have yeah. the day hospital is incorporated within the hospital oh yeah. so it's combined yeah okay, okay. yeah okay. so it'll just be a section within the hospital right mm, like if mm. you're okay yeah. so some of our day hospitals they are also part of the ho main hospital so mm -hmm. there's the day hospital there's a clinic day hospital and then there's the actual long-term care hospital, hospital right okay um sometimes the day hospitals are on their own and then if it's more severe than that they'll be so when you need access to healthcare in south africa there's like you start off going to the clinic first yes, and then the clinic the doctor there will assess you and if you need to go to the hospital then you get that transferred there, there. yeah okay. or you can go straight to the hospital sometimes the hospital has a clinic connected to it so you send 
there um or if you go to emergency to the hospital then you go do you have family doctors so um family doctors i it was it's like um I don't know. It's not the same as here, right? Because it sounds like the clinics kind of replace the family doctors. In a way, mm-hmm. yeah, because it's like day-to-day persons. Because I oftentimes, when I had a family doctor, it was the private doctor that I used to pay to see. Because oftentimes, if you go to the clinic and you wait like weeks for your blood results, and by the time you get the results, you could have gotten way worse. You know, because they will send you home and say, oh, we're waiting for your results. And by the time you come to the clinic, there's so many people. The waiting list is long. You might not get seen. Mm-hmm. Or sometimes you get seen and, you know, mm-hmm. not enough information. Mm-hmm. So that's also a big problem. So th- that's the thing here. Like, I was surprised that I can't just pay a doctor to mm-hmm. help and do everything and check everything. Like, oftentimes, say, for instance, I have, like, um, a really, really um, bad, like, growth, right? Like... It's not like I don't know what it is, and I went to the clinic, and they said they're gonna send me to a doctor, but then that doctor's appointment is like yeah, in three in months, weeks, months. <laughs> I won't see them, and I don't know what this is. I can go to a general surgery, general surgery, see a doctor, pay a lot of money to see this one consultation, and they will manage it right, obviously to the level, and then or they can transfer you to a hospital because of course. If it's too bad, they'll send you to the general hospital and then they will do help for you, right? Um, but then generally, I would rather go see a doctor, pay that, and do yeah. that. But here, I don't know if you can really do that. No, it's not yeah, a thing. It's not a thing. No. No. Okay. It's, it's a free system. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, insurance. Okay. Insurance yeah. So, <laughs> next question. Um, so... Well, hopefully this could be a brief one. <laughs> so can you guys talk a bit about like your perception of racism within the nursing field or the healthcare field? So um, how you either see it yourself, if you've experienced it, if it's at like a systemic level, the employee level, if it's within like the client, well, the patients, I would say. Yeah, yeah like what is your perception of racism? Well, there's definitely racism. We're not going <laughs> to... Not say it doesn't exist. We're not going to deny that. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, there's definitely racism coming from the the client itself and up higher up, right? Um, the staffing has changed quite a bit. Um, right now, like, I'm not sure about everywhere. But from what I, the small part that I'm in, there's a lot more immigrant nurses, right? So, um, like, as a whole, because we're, I don't want to say that we are predominant, but the majority now at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you'll see, like, the other, ner- the white co-workers, they will have more that they will still have, you know, the status over okay. those nurses, okay. right? So they're, like, more in, like, supervision spaces? Yes. Okay. So they will get more of those roles. And we the black or immigrants or will have more staff nurses positions, okay. right? And it will be very harder for them to move elsewhere. You know, there's always some, you know, other jobs or positions that are, you know, preferable right Mm -hmm. so it's just you won't see that right Mm -hmm. so i find that in that um 
you know, there, there was always a status level, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Yes, we let you become a nurse. We let you, we gave you a good paying job, mm -hmm. but we want you to stay here, okay. right? Mm -hmm. And uh, we're going to keep these positions for certain people, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. And... Do you see like the increase in immigrants like more for them to like fill in a quota or is it actually because like they're trying to hire black? Right now there's just a need for nurses. There is no okay. nurses. So there's yeah. a number need to be filled. It needs to be filled. Quotas. At this point it's like, you know, anyone like, available. Yeah. Anyone available. Mm. Anyone. <laughs> but is that better? Can. You know, and I think Canada changed their regulations. Maybe you can mm. with them. With their licensing, like transferable degrees, because okay. I think it was much harder. But mm. since COVID, I think they loosen up things. They had no choice, so a lot of <laughs> nurses are able to get, you know, their license now. Yeah, and it's mm. the process is easier. I heard. Yeah. I heard that they. Yeah, I also like because uh, I'm a practical nursing student. They told us that now practical nurses are having more access to certain. Um, um, responsibilities that they didn't oh, yeah. vote now for. they yeah. uh, they have full status quo, no difference of um, work. Yeah, except uh, the yeah. pay, except the pay. pay, of course, and also they're also introducing um, maternity and um, postpartum care That's in nice. practical nursing, and apparently that was unheard of from before. Um, obviously, I'm just learning about this now. Are mm -hmm. they explaining the transition? And it's pretty interesting. But I have a um, question for you, though. Yeah. So in your nursing classes, do you see more immigrants in your classes? Or is it mostly <laughs> We're getting so, into this. Yes. <laughs> We're getting into um, this topic. I'm not going to lie to you. Yet. My, literally, I can say maybe 10% um, of my class are Canadian. Yeah. The rest of it, I think we're mostly immigrants. Yes. But again, I'm also doing... Um, uh, program so I'm doing pregnant nursing at Perth and a large majority of the students are international students mm -hmm. so of the international students there's probably like 30 something of us of them um, there's probably like maybe seven eight of us that are residents and citizens and the rest are kind of like international students mm -hmm. so you see that a lot um, so personally I think that the schools, the places that we're being sent to work are not diverse at all. So, because um, mm. I'm placed at Perth, okay. right? And in the smaller, like, uh, town of Perth, there's lot, not a lot of diversity. Mm -hmm. Like, when I went to work, they asked me, hey, it's just me. <laughs> and a lot of my students that I study with, a lot of them come from India. And then, obviously, uh, there's a few other students from other places, but the majority of students are from India. And so um, when we go and we're placed at these different placements, um, oftentimes you will see that we're kind of the diversity yeah. of mm -hmm. the kind of the hospital we're going to. So, yeah, there's definitely mm -hmm. a huge difference. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I don't know. Yeah. Um, as for, like, racism, um, South Africa is still a very racist country. Oh, wow. It yeah. the apartheid ended in 1994. Some of us were born in that year. Some of us were alive in that time. Mm -hmm. You know, so there's still this huge shift in people's mindsets and in people's thoughts. So, you, like, like, um, like she said earlier, there's racism from the client, and then from wow. higher ups. So there's the patient, and then there's people in power. You know, um, 
and obviously now, of course, the, the government is predominantly a black government. Mm-hmm. Um, but even then, it doesn't change the biases that people have because of apartheid, right? Mm-hmm. So um, oftentimes you will see that um, you are undermined because um, maybe they will see someone with a different skin tone and think, oh, this person might know more. Or they might undermine you. Because oh, I want that nurse. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It actually happened. Yeah. 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 Many times, I, I even a student. This is in South Africa where uh, we were working um, at the, an MOU, which is maternity obstetrics unit, which is a clinic, maternity clinic. And um, so there was a lady we were, you know, um, doing the vital signs for the checkups, and she saw my nursing student colleague, who's a white, um, this white student, and she saw the registered nurse coming to her who was about to assess her and she said, no, I want her. And we tried to explain, this is a student, but she was like, really? I think that I would prefer her, but they didn't explain why. And the person who was saying this was not particularly a white person. There's a lot of ethnicities in South Africa, right? Mm-hmm. You have <laughs> black people, mm-hmm. um, and even black people, there's not just one type of black people, mm-hmm. there's South African black people, and then there's you know, foreigners mm-hmm. <laughs> from other African countries. Um, and then um, you have a specific ethnicity that's specific to South Africa, which are called colored people. That is the ethnicity, <laughs> which is what? Colored, colored. I'll show you cake. I'm yes. actually, because we just had a conversation about it. It took me. I'm sorry. You will be shocked. You will be shocked. You will be shocked. Well, I have a picture thing. right there. <laughs> Let me get right Yeah, there. well, I have a picture. Okay, okay. And there's a whole video. Anyways, we were having a so whole conversation. Is Black. that the mixed kids? So I don't know if you can see this. Um, they're not mixed. Yeah, they're mixed, colored. yes and no. But they actually, that's the ethnicity. And you would think. Us, we would think that they're black. Yeah, they would probably be calling black. Here. But if, but if you call them very, black, it's insulting. So because like, uh, it, what do we think? It's okay. Yeah, I don't want to. Grimo, Grimo, Grimel. It's the Grimo. It's the Grimo. Comme le métis. Yeah, say similar to that. But it's interesting that they're specifically called colored, and they want to be called colored. And that's that's the that's their ethnicity. Yeah, you know. So it's not even like. They just woke up, and you know. Yeah, it, I'm assuming yeah. they want to stay colored too. <laughs> I think yeah, it's, it's it's the the actual ethnicity because oh, of um, the way that people are classified because yeah. of apartheid, right? Mm-hmm. So um, they are that's their actual ethnicity, and so obviously there's that ethnicity, and then you get Indian people who are not colored. Obviously, the Indian that's yes. their ethnicity, yeah. and then you get white people, of course, right? And so there's the different. They have a lot of Indians. Uh, yes, yeah. <laughs> yes, there's a lot of Indian people in South Africa who are South Africans who yeah. the mm-hmm. families are from there, you know. Um, but they also originate, they also have, you know, their origins ancestry. from ancestry, thank you, yeah. from India. Yeah. Um, so it's really a multiple of cu- um, cultures, and so that is oh. type of ethnicity. And that particular person who said that was part of that ethnicity, a you know. Um, um, and of course, um, this is something that you would see from anybody, right? Yeah. Obviously, black people, you won't see that more often because um, it, it's a other black person. It's not common, mm-hmm. right? And um, also depends on where you're working, which communities you're working in, because different communities don't all speak English, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, English is one of the most official languages in South Africa, but there are 11 official languages mm-hmm. in South Africa. And within different communities, there's a main spoken language. Either they speak in Kosa. 
or Afrikaans or English. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the generally spoken language in, in, in the hospital is English. The reports, everything is written in English. Um, but obviously, when you're speaking to the patients, obviously, it's important to have the language that mm-hmm. people speak in the community. So obviously, you know, some people would prefer a lighter person if they're from certain ethnicities. Um, but again, it's all because of the history and the biases that people have. I hope this is it's complex. Yeah, it, it's, it's complex. complex. Thank, you for, complex. thank you for <laughs> teaching me something. Yeah. How can nurses be better supported? Um, speaking about specifically black nurses, I think mentoring honestly, is, mm. would be the best thing. What kind of mentoring? Not not like mentoring as in, like, oh, teaching how to do skills. Mm-hmm. Level, yeah. But mentoring as in opening your mind to the different possibilities, okay. right? Yeah. Seeing what's out there, mm-hmm. trying new things, yeah. um, experiencing different things. Yeah. Um, yeah. And just, like, continuing to grow and to level up, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, opening up a pathway basically yeah. that's true what you say that because a lot of the times i feel like the black nurses stay within the same field and they're the same position for like the 30 years when yeah. you have like new nurses who come in they do their work for maybe like a year yeah. or two and, and then they do growing, right? and they do travel nursing and they go around and they come back and they go in different fields and they experience different yes. yeah so i really think that mentoring and opening up ways and doors and pathways for all the new nurses coming in would really be supportive mm. right mm-hmm. i completely and agree with her you're uh, you're a student so how do you want to be supported oh, <laughs> i need a mentor and i guess exactly. discussions like this right yeah. yeah i really because you need to understand what system you're going into mm-hmm. and yeah. you have to know what's going to happen once you are licensed because it's one thing to be a nursing student that's why i have to say i'm a nursing student from south africa because i was not having that responsibility as a registered nurse that's a lot more pressure Mm -hmm. and i unfortunately never got the opportunity to have that experience so i can contribute more um but i do know that mentorship is extremely important Mm -hmm. um as well as um I don't know how possible it is, but some mental health support because mm-hmm. you're, you're mm-hmm. getting abused mm-hmm. every single day. Yep. Whether it's because of your experiences, yeah. you're dealing with something that was really traumatic for anybody to experience, yeah. or whether it was um, some abuse from people you're getting, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. 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 like you mentioned, we're caretakers at work and at home mm-hmm. in our communities. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, Black women go through a lot, and yeah. that mental health is definitely yeah. that's I'm really happy you brought that up. Yeah. yeah. And important. Can you guys believe how if we think about like come how do you call that generational trauma? Yeah. Oh. Do you know how long that Yeah, we've been doing the same. We've been doing the same job and we've been experiencing the same thing. Yeah, I can tell you like my ner- my aunts, both of them are, ner- are nurses. And my grandmother was in the healthcare field as well. And they all wanted to do some other profession, right? Mm-hmm. My one aunt wanted to be an accountant. She went, she did her bachelor's, she did her master's. This is in France, never accepted for that. Went into nursing, that's the only way she was able to provide for my cousin. Wow. You yeah. know, same as my other, uh, my other uh, auntie. They were not accepted for any other field, just yeah. nursing, because you are limited by that. Now, obviously, there's a little bit more space being made, but even then, 
sometimes it's to fill a quota mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. not necessarily because of your qualifications what you contribute so mm-hmm. because you in them in their mind you're filling a quota you're only able to do a certain amount of things that they want you to do mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so yeah. it's like we gave you this take it's good thing. enough yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. continues yeah. generation yeah. our yeah. children are gonna get it also maybe yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mm. let's hope not so though. how would we break this cycle yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> You guys are doing a good job. Thank you. <laughs> thank you for this. Thank you. Yeah. No, that was a good thank conversation. You, you. I, yeah. I was excited to see where this was going to go. Because yeah. I know, like, for me, I think people, no. I think I had tried to explore the idea of nursing. But I, I tried to. very early on it wasn't for me. I did one I just, class I and I, I gave up. I did you the. Did do a class. I did a class because I. I I don't know. I was trying to <laughs> make my mom proud. <laughs> you see, there it is. I was just there trying to make mom proud. And then... It's the truth. And yeah. after that, I just started to talk about that class was uh, Ottawa U, this bacteria and <laughs> bacteria and virus class. I don't know. Immu- immuni- uh, Immunization? I don't... Yeah, yeah, something like that. And I just started with the names. And I said, no. <laughs> I, said, no. Nice I said, no. I said, I refuse yeah. to learn that. Yeah. Like... Yeah. I told myself I'm not going to learn that. Like yeah. I said, <laughs> it's a whole no. Good money or not good money, I can't. My brain cannot process this. Yeah. Like, and so. it would have been like a traumatic experience. Oh. We would have put ourselves through that. I yeah. I see blood and I faint. Yeah. I cannot. Yeah, I can't work I with cannot. like I don't know. I can't physically help people. I think I could. I could do the mental part. I can I do the rest. Thinking yeah. That yeah. Too, until yeah. you sometimes you're in too deep. Mm. <laughs> 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 the fees have been paid there's no going back that's true. you have yeah, to be strong because i yeah. mean you become you, you learn to become desensitized you yeah know? yeah it's like anything like when you start staying on your own and paying your own bills and mm-hmm. and, and, and taking care of yourself like you've never done it before mm-hmm. now you're doing it you know that's so, it yeah yeah well this was a great episode yeah. thank you thank you <laughs> i appreciate having a different perspective I think that brought on a lot on our, our own gaps in our system. Like yeah. we knew we had some gaps, but I think it's important that like as a country, if we talk about inclusivity, we talk about diversity, the whole yeah. EDI stuff. And if we talk about, you know, wanting to grow as a nation and truth and reconciliation and all these different things, we want to be able to actually draw upon other mm-hmm. communities and other countries and their models of systems and knowing that like we're not the only ones who have a quote-unquote good system you know and it's not as yeah. great as we would like it to be so yeah. it's important that we listen we learn from other others and and that's how we grow as a nation as a as a people as a mm-hmm. i don't know power to the people i don't know what else that's to it to all my nurses oh, yeah, chapeau sure. bas for real for real you can follow me at underscore consciously block and you can follow me on instagram at the thoughtful therapist underscore and i don't know if our guests have any social medias or mm. anything they want to share nah we're no. good Unfortunately, not influencers <laughs> well, yeah so yeah. thank you anisia thank you anisia thank you Oha. we appreciate y'all and uh, keep yeah. up the good work You're thank you lives. and then we clap